By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show, and you know what? Truly, if I didn't have things like this... If you can pick it up, I'll let you continue. If I didn't have things like this... If you can get it up... If I didn't have things like this... I got kicked out of the safety class. My life would suck. Thank you, Brad. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Thank you? Well, Shelly, it's Friday. Aren't you excited? We made it through another week. It's a pseudo-Friday. God, you know, I feel like a school teacher. I'm telling you, God, man, this week was so hard to get through. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I thought the week would never end. Oh, man. You You are so funny. What? uh, What? Being like a school teacher? I mean, all those snot-nosed kids causing problems. They seem to be your target. Matter of fact, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Yeah, you probably will. I sent... I sent a couple of news stories to a couple of my teacher friends this morning. They talk about how teaching is such a noble profession and, and teachers are so great. Two stories. At least 269 K through 12 educators arrested on child sex crimes in first nine months of this year. <laughs> 269. And that's just in St. Louis. No, it's crazy. It is not. <laughs> it's just it's across the country. And then here we go. Oklahoma teacher's aide charged with rape allegedly slept with 16-year-old boy student weeks after starting job. She's got a new job, and already she's she's uh, helping Sleeping out. Sleeping with six-year-olds? Uh, 16-year-old. She's, oh, she's, okay. She's, I'm like, yeah, ew. She's, she's got a new job, and she's helping out the students already. I mean. <laughs> helping out the student body. Right. I mean, we have, she's a teacher's aide. Man, we have dedicated employees, don't we? I mean, work at these school we districts. We do. What a way to climb climb the way to the yeah. top. And if you and if you are in Parkway, I guess it's Parkway, and you want to get off school at Marquette, uh, oh, no, that's a, no, Parkway. That's not Parkway. Marquette is Rockwood. Uh, if you want to get off school, uh, like, for two weeks, you just, just have a couple of little, you know, bomb threats on your phone that you uh, airdrop into somebody else's phone, and you don't have school for a couple of weeks. You know, simple as that. Nothing to it. <laughs> you know that story? No. They had uh, two bomb threats last week, Thursday and Friday. So Where? At Marquette High School, out there on... Uh, see, I always get it confused. Why? I don't know. I mean, I Marquette, I always get the two confused. Marquette and Lafayette, both French names, right? Okay, I believe Marquette is the one on Clarkson, and Lafayette is the one on 109. I may be wrong, but I may have them backwards. But that's how I remember them. There's one of them that's on Clarkson, and there's one of them on uh, 109. And uh, anyway, yeah, so so they had the bomb threats last week. They sent the kids home Thursday and Friday last week. So this week, they're off today anyway. Um, and this week, yesterday and Monday, they had home study. <laughs> so they're off tomorrow. Obviously, they're off. Well, no, I shouldn't say obviously. You're sitting here making fun of something that's not funny, Brad. Well, no, I, Shelly, okay. Let's say, let's say somebody throw, phones in a bomb threat to the radio station. Hey, there's a bomb in the radio station. Okay. Do we say, well. You'd leave the door open and go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd say. Here, come on in. <laughs> right, right, right. I'd say, okay. I call my insurance guy. Hey, 
uh, what's my insurance level right now? <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks for checking on me. <laughs> right. It's, uh, my payment, last payment cleared okay? Am I in good shape? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you know, no, seriously. There comes a point when you have to say, okay, enough's enough. You know, but I'm, that's not doing you any good. What do you mean it's not doing you any good? See, so you sit there and you say, okay, enough is enough. I've said it it's before. It's not enough for them. I've said it before. Our schools are teach are turning out wimps with a capital W I M P S. No, they're turning out wimps. Okay. Because of the fact that if it's like, oh, we we had bomb threat two days, and one of them is like, it's some goofy story. Somebody airdropped from one iPhone to another in a class, and okay, whatever. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> okay. First off, what you do is. You well, I'm not going to go there because you're getting mad at me. I I just don't I don't understand. Do you think I'm going to get mad at you? No. Okay. Look, when I was in school, we had the same problem. Okay, we had a bomb threat. You know, principal would you know would 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 bring his bomb sniffing secretary in, and she'd you know walk bomb sniffing secretary, and she'd walk up and down the hall. I don't smell any bomb. And we'd be back in school in ten minutes. You know, I mean that was what it was back in the day. You it know? was. You're very correct. <laughs> Am I kidding? Did you have bomb scares at your school? No. Oh, we had them like one time. I think one week we had one every day. Okay, every single day. And we'd go outside. Everybody go outside. And the fire department show up, you know, and they'd look around, you know. And 10 minutes later, we're back in school. Okay, no bomb. You know, I go like, how did they sweep the entire school? You know, well, they're good, you know. And I'm not making fun of the firefighters or anybody. It's just like they showed up. They did their job. And back in the day, you had to phone it in because there was no email there was no airdrop there was no im or anything kind of stuff it's just like you had to pick up the phone hey there's a bomb in your school click you know matter of fact you know what i used to do because we had split shifts when i went to high school i used to call what up does that even mean we had split shifts again what does it mean we were divided into three different groups b c and d school and b and C school went to school at 7 o'clock, and D school went to school at 9 o'clock. Split shifts. Okay. That's what, matter of fact, matter of fact, at one point in time in my school district. But wait, there's more. They had two completely different shifts. They had a morning shift. Kids went to school from like 6 in the morning to like 12.30, and then the night shift came in and went from like school from like 1 o'clock to like 7 o'clock in the evening. I'm, t- I'm telling you, seriously. This was back when? Back in the day. Back in the day. Now, see, what's interesting is, here, I I heard this again the other day. There's this expert who gets on TV. You know, the problem with students nowadays is that they have to get up early. And we should really have school start at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And they should be done by noon. What? (laughs) I mean, I'm going like, two hours. Why bother? You know? I mean, seriously, he said that students, that he's done all the psychological research and and students under the age of 18 don't reach their their maximum brain power until until like nine o'clock in the morning. So nobody should have to be in class any earlier than 9:30. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, tell that to the Marines. Tell that to the. I mean, like here's a perfect example. You worked in a field FAA 24/7. There's somebody in that control tower out at Lambert 24/7. There's somebody out at approach control, departure control 24/7. Right. That is correct. Okay. Thanks for the quick response, by the way. <laughs> I'm right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> I 
No, but the idea being is that <laughs> nobody comes along and says, you know, we're not going to have any planes land before 9 o'clock in the morning because our air traffic controllers, their brain power hasn't matured until 9 o'clock. So we're just going to make it to the point where the only time you can land at Lambert is from 9 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. And because by 3 in the afternoon, the you know, the air traffic controllers and all our approach controllers are experiencing, you know, issues where they can't necessarily concentrate on their job. So we're gonna, only going to have planes land and take off between 9 and 3. Yeah, right. Like, same thing with police. Police, you know, you don't have to be on the street 24 hours a day because every all the criminals, you know, like, we know that all the criminals... They do need to sleep. <laughs> I'm not getting any ground with you. They Emily. get they they get their... Uh, Who does? Beauty sleep so they look good in their mugshot. Oh, the the criminals? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just like, like, like one of my friends that was, you know, maybe, I don't know if you're... I, I need to ask your daughter this. I had... I was told by one of my friends who was an EMS person that EMS stood for earn money sleeping. That's <laughs> not true. Because Tiffany's never You weren't well, you weren't you worked a twenty four hour shift and you sleep you slept all night. You didn't get any calls. You know, everybody went to bed at ten o'clock. That, that very rarely happens. Nobody had a at heart least a, where Tiffany's were. Nobody had a car accident at two in the morning. Nobody had a heart attack at three in the morning. You just slept all night, right? Yeah, well Well, well I don't know that for a fact because I clearly wasn't there. Well, where Tiffany Although worked. I did get to go down and see her where she was um, hanging her hat when she worked 24 hours. And um, I got to go see where she worked. I, it was like, um, how do you put that? Living vicariously through her. So you she saw, was in Ferguson. You saw what? When she worked in Ferguson? Uh-huh. You saw her. This was before. She, you saw her firehouse? She worked out of a firehouse? She worked out of. Well, that's when she was a paramedic, right? And um, not just a paramedic; she's she's got her RN, BSN, but she, um, which did her well, BTW, uh, her education. But by, by the way, we need what? to talk about this. Maybe I'll call her this morning. We need to talk about the fact that the city shut down the shoot 'em up shell. You know, what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> There's this shell station on Tucker. I shouldn't laugh because. There's like night nightly gunfights at this shell station. So the city, the, and there's been people killed there. Matter of fact, the, the latest thing was, the most recent incident was a kid, who I think was 15 years old. The, the police were doing, you know, because they had so much trouble at the shell station. They had so much trouble. They had undercover police there, you know, working at the shell station. Not working, but they were like, you know, driving in and out, pretending they're getting gas and stuff like that. So they see this kid. He pulls out a gun and he tries to rob somebody. And... The undercover officers chase him. He's got a gun. He's waving the gun around. He runs across the parking lot, and he trips and falls. And when he falls, he drops he, he, the gun, like the gun pops out of his hot hand, like about a foot away from his hand. He's laying on the, on the, on the ground, you know, like on his stomach, and the, and the gun comes out of his hand, and it's like a foot away from his hand. And he reaches for the gun and tries to shoot the police, and they shoot and kill him. And once again, this is like 1130 at night on a Sunday night. And his mom comes out. I can't believe you did that to my son. We're like, what was he doing at the Shell Station at 1130 at night? He's like 15 years old. And it, and it came out. I don't know the whole story behind it. But anyway, the city tried to essentially. And essentially what they did was they made him board up. And the crazy thing is I've gotten gas at that Shell Station before. It's right there on Tucker. I bet you your daughter would know exactly where Spruce I'm talking. Spruce and Tucker? 
I believe so. Yeah, they called it. They call it the shoot 'em up shell because there's there's no seriously. And they haven't decided. I don't know to close the town. No, they, the the city the 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 guy. It's a long, complicated story because the guy who owned this usually is the guy who owned the station is the guy that's going to jail because they caught him doing he owned a bunch of of gas stations and they caught him selling synthetic marijuana and stuff like that so he's going to go to the big house for a while but before he went to the big house they used him as an informant he's the guy that they wired him the fbi wired him and he's the guy that got the three aldermen in the city of st louis to take bribes he's giving him cash and he's the guy also that 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 brought the aldermen about the taxis no, 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 no. Just, you don't know, you don't read the Post-Dispatch much, do you? Okay, what no, happened was, matter of fact, the president of, of the board of aldermen, Lewis Rice, this guy, once again, he was already going to jail because he ran all these gas stations. He was selling this illegal marijuana, this K2, the synthetic stuff. So they nailed him on that and essentially said, hey, you're going to spend 30 years in the big house, but if you help us out, we'll make sure that sentence gets chopped you know, in half or, or a third or something like that. So he agreed to be wired, and he went, and because he was already dealing with the city aldermen, and he contacted these aldermen, hey, I need to open up another gas station, and I need a little help because this is planning and zoning is giving me grief. So he met with separately with these three separate aldermen from the city of St. Louis, and he gave them a bribe, and they took it. You know, he's and they got it all on tape. Hey, if I give you this money, will you make sure that my application goes through? Oh yeah, man, we'll green light it. It'll go right through. Well, you know, you done deal. And then and then in the county, they nailed him with this guy who worked for the county, who was essentially if you paid him like a couple thousand dollars, he prepared a a bogus PPP application for you, which he guaranteed would get funded. So in other words, if you went to him and say, hey, here's a couple thousand dollars, you know, can you get me some, you know, $20,000 in PPP money? Yeah, no problem. So anyway, they used this guy who owned these gas stations. Well, now I guess he's in jail now. I don't know if they have, they, they sentenced him like a couple weeks ago. I don't know if he's actually in jail, but he owns the Shell station and the city kept saying to him, you got to do something about it. You got to put guards there. You got to have 24 hours. Security. No, I'm not doing it. So finally the city passed some, some special ordinance that he's lost his business license for a year. And not only can he not sell gas or have the C store, he's got to board the place up. So for a year, he's got, wow. he's got to take out the pumps. He's got to, you know, board the place up. And then after a year, they'll think about letting him reopen again. You know the answer to that question. There, you know, he's he's done. Well, he's well, toast. He's not even there anymore. Right? He's in jail. But that once again, it's called. I'm not. I'm not saying this. This is what the people in the hood call it, the shoot 'em up shell because there's there's always there's you know, and it's the crazy thing is it's right at Tucker. It's a Tucker. It's it's not like if it's if you were to walk out like the the back door of the convention center and walk like two blocks here's this here's the store it's right there it's like it's sort of on the north side of downtown and it's oh see the one i was talking about spruce and tucker was where the mark building was by the Mm. by the original metro police department oh no 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 this is this is on the other the other side of tucker this is like that's okay yeah i know i so i that's on the actually no what shell station you're talking about? That's on the south side of Tucker. This is on the north I've side of Tucker. Because I've stopped there as well. Right. <laughs> and little did you know that you, you took your life in your hands at the shoot 'em up shell. <laughs> no. I want to go to Crown Candy. Can we have like a road trip? I've never been there before. Dude, it's it's like a now, St. Louis icon. You know why I would, I will, I'll never go there? Why? Because it's like a movie. Oh, my God. You got to go see this oh, movie. It's so great. Seriously. Oh, you got to go to Crown Candy. I'll go there and I go. 
Okay. Let's go. Let's go for a. I don't um, get it. I. I, I, uh, I. What is it called? Like, okay. Here's. Let me tell you. I have. There's two what? things. Like, two what? things. If like if I didn't have to work today, there's two things I could do today. I could go to Crown Candy, or I could get out my my four pound sledgehammer and smash one of my fingers. And I think smashing my finger would probably be more fun than going to Crown Candy. I'm sorry. It's just the way I, I got a finger you could smash. <laughs> it's called the third phalange. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Shelly's being rambunctious this morning. Oh my goodness! Because because she's the one that phoned in the bomb threat at, at Marquette High School, right? You okay? <laughs> that is enough of that, sir. <laughs> Six thirty-one. You know, sometimes I just can't do anything right. You know what I'm saying, Shelly? Sometimes I can't do anything right. I just got criticized by the smartest woman in the world for playing kung fu fighting. She's saying I should be playing holiday music. Well, you know what she doesn't know? What? She may be the smartest world woman in the world, but she doesn't know that tomorrow the Chinese people have Thanksgiving just like we do. And instead of eating turkey, they get together with their family members and they practice martial arts. That's what they do. And you know what they do? Did you come up with this? On Thanksgiving Day? What? They don't eat turkey. They kung fu fight. That's what they do. So okay, I, was, I was playing that song in tribute to all the Chinese people who tomorrow, instead of, you know, see, that's the difference between them and us. All we do, we just stuff our faces and get our bellies grow and, you know, and our bodies bloat, you know, and then we get that. What's the what's the junk that's in the turkey that makes you fall Tri- asleep? Tryptophan. Yeah, tryptophan, you know, you know, eat at one and by three o'clock, you're, you know, everybody's zoned out, you know, not in China. They have kung fu fighting. They fight all day long. And they burn off all those calories. That's why they're in better shape than we are, because we just stuff our faces. They're like kung fu fighting for Thanksgiving. And you you are, you don't want to know what they do for Christmas. Oh, my God, Christmas is a whole What other... do they do on Christmas? Oh, we can't even talk about it. It's it's just crazy. It's crazy. They all go to the shoot 'em up shell. <laughs> Downtown St. Louis. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Were you expecting a, co- a comment? <laughs> no. Tomorrow will we'll oh. mark the anniversary of my departed father-in-law getting so mad at me when we had, he used to always have Thanksgiving at his place. And he was like, Mr. Mister Holiday, Mr. You know, hey, I've got to carve the turkey. I've got to sharpen the knives in front of everybody. And so, so we had Christmas at our house. So he brings over, you know, we couldn't cook turkey because we don't know how to do that. He had to do that. So he brings his turkey over, you know, and he brings it in and the whole bit. And I hate turkey. So since I'm at my place, I fire up the oven and make myself a Jack's frozen pizza. And somebody else, a couple other of my relatives, oh, what are you eating? I go, frozen pizza? I go, really? Can I have some? And he got mad. He goes, I've been working hard for all this turkey, and you're making pizza. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. It's my house. My house, my rules, right? <laughs> Actually, your house, your wife's rules. <laughs> yeah, tomato, go, tomato. Right. I'm just like, okay, yes, yes, dear, yes, dear. <laughs> no, but but the crazy thing about that is, I've never understood the holiday food stuff, and I never understood the daily stuff. You, know, we've talked about this before. I don't understand breakfast. To me, a pizza tastes as good as six o'clock in the morning. It does at six o'clock at night. A te- I actually believe that a T-bone steak tastes as good as six a.m. It's like six p.m. You know, That's I don't care. True. And Steak you know, and eggs. why? Well, not. No, I don't. I, no, I don't. I'm not a breakfast food. I don't. I don't like eggs. 
Give me Jack in the Box. See, when McDonald's... Wait, 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 wait. I got the s- appetite of a four-year-old. Yeah, so what's wrong with that? Who says you got to have a mature appetite? I'm not one of those people who's like... There's nothing oh, mature about you, Brad. Oh, I have to go to Starbucks because I can taste the difference. They use a special... I actually don't like Starbucks. They use a special... Have you seen the new Starbucks in Washmo? It's, no, it, I haven't. Well, it's, it's part of the Bank of Frank building, the new Bank of Frank building they built there. Right? Oh really? Yeah, and and it's like it's like there's a, it's a drive-through. You, it's sort of interesting because the 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 drive-through for the Starbucks is underneath the building. You'd have to see the way the building is built. So you actually drive in a tunnel to go to Starbucks. Every time you go by there, there's like 20 cars in line. I'm thinking to myself, okay. I don't get it. I, I, I who would sit in line, 20 cars to get a stupid cup of coffee that they're going to get you, they're going to charge you 8 bucks and by the way have you heard this story they're closing another one of their stores in Seattle That's where they originated from Yeah, you know why they're closing the store? Why? The big C. Crime. You know, they're they people are coming in, you know, people are coming in and 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 you know, uh, uh sleeping on the floor and they're and you know, they're harassing the employees, they're harassing the customers, so they're just going to shut the place down. You know, it's just like this, it's like what CVS is doing. Like in in New York City, CVS has closed a bunch of stores. And matter of fact, I don't know if you know this or not. For every store they close in New Where? York, in New is York, it located where? New York City, CVS is closing a bunch of the stores because because they're losing money because people are walking out with this stuff. Same thing in San Francisco. You know, you've seen those 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 videos of like the guys going in. The the original one was guy walks into a CVS store with a fifty five gallon trash bag. Walks up to a counter, knew exactly what he wanted, wipes out a couple things at the counter, some kind of cough syrup or something like that. Probably you can make meth with or something like that. Wipes out a couple things. He walks by the security guard. Security guard just walks, watches him walk by. There's another one where a guy drives his bike into the CVS in San, San Francisco. You know, same thing, got a big bag, throws all this junk, rides his bike right out the store. Okay, nobody, you know, because once again, they changed the law that... Under nine hundred, I think it's under nine hundred dollars is a misdemeanor. It's like a traffic ticket. In other words, if you if like if well traffic is a little bit different. I heard somebody the other day say, and I can't remember what state this was. They changed the law that if you're twenty over the limit, it's considered to be. I think that might be in Missouri as well too. I think there's an upper limit. If you're like twenty over the law in this state or twenty over the limit, this state, it's considered to be like a class D felony or something like that. Boy, Shelley would be in the big house if she got caught all the time. She's doing one hundred and twenty out on seventy. I mean, in in Shelley's neighborhood, I've been there before. You can't get down the streets because they're blocking them off. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about that. So they're redoing our streets. Right. Aren't you happy about that? You're getting new, new concrete? Uh-huh. Well, they have really been a pain in the patootie. Yeah. But I have to say, as much as they are a pain, it's yeah. M&H concrete. Right. As much as they are a pain... They've done a really excellent job. Oh, you know what? The guys called me up the other day and said, the M&H guy. Matter of fact, Mike and Harry both called me up and said, Shut up, Brad. <laughs> That's the M&H, Mike and Harry. And they called me up and go, hey, you know, we understand that Shelly does her show from her house. And Really? I, what time is she on the air? I go from 6 to 8. Okay, uh, give me her address again. I go, okay, here's the address. The guy says, okay, we'll make sure and get all our noisy equipment out in front of her house every morning at 6 o'clock. And <laughs> no, they that's absolutely not, that's have not what he said. that. <laughs> see, 
See, Did you tell them I said thank you? Well, once again, you're complaining because of the fact they're improving your subdivision. Come on, think about that for a minute. That's like saying. Do you saying, know how hard it is? I I can't even get out of my subdivision. Okay, that's like saying that's like saying one morning you wake up and there's a roofing crew putting a roof on your house, and you go, oh, hold on a minute, I didn't order a new roof. Hey, you know what? We we're training a crew, and what we decided was we're just going to give away a free roof. So you're our free roof recipient today. Well, but you woke me up. And the guy goes, but ma'am, you're getting a free roof. This would be like on your house, $15,000. Yeah, but you're on my roof at 7 o'clock in the morning. Get off my damn roof. And it's done for come back again. That would be Shelly. I'd go like, uh-huh. if that happened to me, I'd go like, guys, you can start anytime after midnight. I don't care. I'll go sleep in a hotel for a night. You know, if you're going to give me a free roof, I'll go, I'll, you know, I'll go sit, I'll go, I'll go sleep in my car. I close the door. By the way, uh-huh. how many... Can I ask you a weird question? Let's talk about this next break. How many okay. nights have you slept in your car? I'm sorry? How many nights have you slept in your car? Have you ever slept in your car before? Like overnight? I have. Okay. How many nights would you say in your life? Probably 12. I've probably done 100. Isn't that crazy? Matter of fact, when my daughter you? when my daughter was born... Like the average person. <laughs> when my, when my oh. daughter was born... I slept in my, because once again, my wife, she doesn't just walk into the hospital and give birth. She has to work on it for like three days. Okay. So it's so to, did Tiffany. say, oh, that's right. She had a long, a long, a long labor, didn't she? Yeah. Was it like two I days or something like that? I have more kids. And she goes, mom, I don't know if my body can take it. <laughs> right? I don't know if I can spend that she much time in the hospital. She everything a pregnant woman could get. Right, 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 right. And that's, some of those things are no fun. I know that for a fact. Not that I've experienced that's because it. because you ate. Food. Should I tell that story? Sure. No, nah, we'll tell it next break. Okay, it's six forty-seven. Okay. Doink, doink. Yeehaw. That's what Shelly does. Shelly doesn't do a yeehaw. Matter of fact, she goes to country bars at night, and they they go, "Hey, let's have a nice yeehaw." And Shelly goes, That's what she does. Uh, Jake Owen. You know, if I was gonna if I was gonna come back as a good-looking guy, I'd come back as him. You ever seen Jake Owen? I thought you would come back as. I can't remember what his name is. Trace Atkins. Oh, well, no, no. I just like, I don't necessarily want to look like Trace Atkins. I just want to be Trace Atkins. <laughs> Once again, we read his life story, remember? He, yeah, what, he's, he's had a, at 16, a yeehaw kind of life. <laughs> at 16 years old, he had a, a terrible traffic accident where, where yeah. it, it chopped off his nose. Literally, he lost his nose. Can you imagine that? You get your nose cut off in a traffic accident. And then I think it was him that got... I got his. I, I can't remember if it was him or not. One of the country stars got his fingers all mangled up, and when he went to the doctor, the doctor redid his fingers so he could play the guitar easier. You know, so he could do like it was his left hand, so he could do the chords easier. And then he was on. Then he was on a a a um, oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico that either had a fire or went through a hurricane. So then he gets married, and he's starting to be a big star. He gets a fight with his wife. His wife shoots him. The bullet goes through one lung. His heart. Out the other lung, the bullet goes through both his lungs and his heart, and he lives, and he doesn't get rid of her. <laughs> he doesn't divorce her, and he doesn't file charges. That... You know, there are sometimes, there are certain people in your life that you just can't get rid of no matter how hard you try. I'm telling you, Trace Adkins is, in my mind, the man, the man of man. Matter of fact, I did this the other day on the Facebook page. I don't know if I saw this or not. We were talking about Sean 
Sean Connery. Connery, yes. And, and the hairy chest <laughs> kind of deal. And I put his picture up. I found a couple of pictures and put on my Facebook page. I couldn't believe how many people go like, oh, my God, he's the man. And how many women talked about, oh, my God, he's the ultimate man. And once he ag- really is. Once again, name me the current dude like him. Okay? Tell me. Who is the current, you know, like tough I guy? I know the stars. Well, the, but the, because the answer to the question is you can't answer it because there are none. There I are... don't know that because I don't watch the new stars. Oh, I... no. I'll take that back. There's one. You know who the one guy is? Who? Rip. You know who Rip is? No. Let me find it. He's Rip the, Taylor? No, no, he's he's, he's the guy. That's his name on the show. He's the dude on on uh, on uh, Yellowstone. I don't watch Yellowstone. Okay, he. There's a funny story about him. I read this story. Rip from Yellowstone. His real name is um, Cole Hauser, and he's got he's got any relation to Doogie? <laughs> Yes, Doogie's mother. <laughs> no, he's got this. You know, he's got a beard. He's got a mustache. He wears he wears the the Joe Biden sunglasses, and he tells the story. How old is he? Let me see where. How old? I'm find him in Wikipedia. Um, born September twenty eighth. Blah 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 blah. Let's see if I can find him in 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 IMDb. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, him and Beth. Are the two in in Yellowstone? You know the whole deal with him and Beth Kohlhauser. Uh, he is God. There's a I'm picture. I'm not really of me. a Beth fan, so he's, he's, I wouldn't watch. He's forty seven. His American actor is known best for film roles and Higher Learning. Bah, 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 bah. He was a lawyer. Is this the same guy? It doesn't look like him. 1992 to present. Start officer Randy Willis in the police drama High Incident. Early life career personal. Let me see if we got the picture in here. He's got white. He's got blonde hair. He started as Ethan It's Kelling, called Die Brad. Stars as Rip Wheeler on the Paramount Network Western drama series Yellowstone. He's got, in this one, he's got blonde hair. There's a picture, it says Hauser in, at TCA in 2010. So this picture is 12 years old. Looks nothing like him. Okay, he tells this story. It's actually a pretty funny story. So he's, how old did I say he was? Born in 75, so he's 47, okay? He says he's in a grocery store. Buying groceries. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, somebody grabs his derriere, okay? he right gets on, his girl. He gets his butt grabbed, and he turns around, and it's some woman, he says, like, in her 70s. And he says, <laughs> and he says something to her, like. She's a cougar, baby. <laughs> he says something to her, like, did you just wow. do what I think you did? And she goes, yeah, am I in trouble or something like that? She's like down with it. So he calls up his mom and says, <laughs> and says, mom, you're not, I swear this is a true story. I read this. He calls up his mom and said, mom, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I'm in the grocery store and some lady like your age grabbed my butt. And she says to him, honey, now you realize you've become a sex symbol star. And, you know, if you don't know it by now, if you haven't figured it out by now, now you know because women of all ages are really attracted to you. Because he plays this, he plays like the right-hand man of, what's his face, of, of, of. Oh, what's his face? We go back. What's his name? A long way. You know, bodyguard dude. I can't remember names anymore. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, 
the guy that every Kevin, the guy Kevin every, Costner. Yeah, everybody makes fun of it. I always thought Kevin was a great actor. I, I mean, did too. Why I mean, did they make fun I mean, of him? You know, it's it's sort of like people making fun of 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 of. They uh, weren't. They weren't. When he was at his peak with Whitney Houston, when he did that, that was a wonderful. And once again, I mean, he's played other parts. Like, for example, he was in Field of Dreams. I thought he did an excellent job in Field of I Dreams. I too. You know, I mean, once again, people, oh, he's, he can't act. Dude, you I've do I've never what, seen him not act. He plays in, in Yellowstone, he plays John Dutton. The only thing I don't like is his voice likes like that. He talks like this all the time now. He talks Maybe like, there's a reason well, for he's, that. He's John Dutton. He's the guy that runs Yellowstone, and he talks like this. And you can he sort of talks like, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's tough for me to even talk anymore. Cause, hey, Brad, guess what? What? 6.59. But it's 6.59.13. So we got a couple more seconds here. But you know what? Okay. Because you are itching Thank to get out of here. You are itching to get out of here. <laughs> we, we will take the break right now. It is 6.59. It is BS.show. You know, I was thinking about the songs I could play for Shelly this morning, and I thought about that one. I thought, nah, not for Shelly. <laughs> are you there? She's not. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brad. <laughs> I'm playing that one for J.C. Corcoran. Oh, of course you did. <sighs> he's supposed to be on the air any day now. But he can't talk to me on the air because he's under contract. Now, you know what's amazing about that? He got what? his reputation by, by being like the bad boy and doing things. I should just call him and say, hey, J.C., I know you're under contract. Talk to me on the air. And he wouldn't do it. Oh, I can't do that, Brad. I'm a, I'm a law-abiding citizen now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you need to leave that poor man alone. Leave who alone? I'm not pick on him. I'm talking about him on my show. He's not talking about me on his show, right? I'm giving him publicity, right? Yeah. Any publicity okay. is good publicity. Okay. Interesting story. Smartest woman in the world sent me this. Francis House School District has has a problem. They have over 60 custodial positions open. Janitors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 60 positions around the school district. So yeah. guess what? They're having problems filling the custodial positions at Francis Howe High School right there, as as Shelley calls it, Francis Howe South, right? Isn't that what you called it? Yes, excuse me. <laughs> yes, okay. So guess who came and took care of business? Who? The soccer team. What soccer team? <laughs> the soccer team from Francis Howe High School. Aw. Yeah, the coach tailored, his, the coach is, is he's, uh, I was the JV coach. I can't remember if he's a regular or the varsity coach or the JV coach. Uh, Francis Haha Central High School soccer coach Taylor Yoakum's student athletes in St. Charles County are hanging up their cleats and picking up a mop. While they have filled some of their of those throughout the year, the staff is still stretched thin. Noticing the struggle, Yoakum is having his players step up. Quote, they're here earlier than I am. They're here later than I am. I'm just one of those things that kind of seem like a no-brainer. On a week packed with games, Yoakum decided to do something a little different for his junior varsity soccer practice. There are always things that are getting dirty, always something needs to be cleaned, so we just came up with the idea. Yoakum said his 20 players trade in their school balls for brooms. Quote, at first I thought of if it was a joke, but it wasn't. Josh Dolman, soccer player, said, I don't really want to clean the entire school, but then when we started, it was really fun. The sweeping and dusting weren't just a bonding experience for Yoakum's team, but also a major help to the district, according to Superintendent Ken Rompos, R-O-U-M-P-O-S. He says, very similar to other school districts and other industries, we have a significant number of positions open specifically in our support staff position. 
Rumpus said a big chunk of those open positions are custodial. Quote, the fact that they saw it as an opportunity as part of the larger community to make a difference in this building was fantastic. The soccer team's initiative is not only influencing other sports and school groups to do the same, but also students. Sam Duzer, a senior, picks up trash after school athletic games. I can just tell the janitors are so stressed and they don't need to be doing extra work because we can't pick up our food and trash from the concession stand, so I think it's really important that we help out. Okay, I think what they should get is those kids that are essentially, you know, saving the school district money by cleaning up the schools, they don't have to pay the custodians. I think that those kids' parents should get, like, no property tax on their property. They shouldn't have to pay property tax. What do you think? Fair enough. Yeah, no property tax. Hey, you help clean up the school, you get no property tax. We'll get we'll get Oprah. You pay no property tax, and you pay no property tax, and you pay no property tax. Wouldn't it uh, be great? You're funny. <laughs> no, but seriously, think about so it. So when Tiffany was in high school yeah. at uh, Francis House right? South. It's not Francis House South. <laughs> Um, what does the fox say, Brad? It, it's the radio. It's the radioactive high school. But keep going. Keep talking. Uh, well, it, it is radioactive <laughs> yes. high school. I was like, Tiffany, <laughs> you have this beautiful pond outside. Look at yeah, it. That's the. That's... She's like, Mom, it's a toxic waste. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It's right down the street. I know. You know I, I mean, know. literally, right down the street but... is the toxic waste dump. Okay, but keep going. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so Tiffany, somebody. Uh, um offered to pay f- they were she was on the um go ahead keep the going cheerle- stop it keep going the cheerleading squad right and it wasn't a hockey cheerleader it was like the cheerleading squad right and what? they Hold had it. to get new uniforms she and went so she went to Francis Howell and she she was one of the cheerleaders yeah i remember her her favorite cheer was rah rah re kick him in the knee rah rah ras kick him in the other knee Actually, that wasn't her favorite, but she did have one. And um, my favorite was, that's all right. That's okay. You're going to pump my gas someday. (laughs) You couldn't get away with that, could you, anymore? (laughs) Probably not. You'd get get sued over that one. Somebody offered to buy them their cheerleading uniforms if they would go to a nursing home twice a week and for the season and um, just do that for the price for the uniforms. Did they do it? And they did that. And they got the new uniforms? And they got the new uniforms. And also, they also got a a, a big big old gulp of humility. And uh, one of them actually said that she thinks that's what she was going to do with her life. What do you mean? To go into the nursing home business or what? Be a nurse? Or... To, to take care of uh, elderly people. Wow. <laughs> can, can I tell you my school story? Which is, oh, uh, please. Which is honest to God truth. I, okay. My senior year uh-huh. of high school. And this is a true story. I swear it's a true story. Coach Oliva, my gym coach, who is a good guy. Matter of fact, what's sort of funny is is I was the best best athlete. So one point in time we we're playing there's two stories here. One time we we're playing street hockey on the on the basketball courts, you know, with like a plastic puck and plastic hockey sticks. 
And he always, for some reason, he always picked on me. I don't know why. You know, once again, I never caused him any trouble, but he always picked on me. So one time he says, normally when he would, he would, he would like have, like we'd pair off in teams, he was like one of the football coaches. So he would always have like his football players who were in my gym class. Okay, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a manager of your team, and then they got to pick the teams. Well, one time he said to me, you're a band guy. Band guys don't know how to pick teams, so I'm going to make you a captain of a team. And I picked a team, and we won the championship. You know, here I'm the band guy, and I picked this bunch of guys, and we win the championship. Okay, so near the end of the school year, Coach Oliva says, it was on a Friday, he says, hey, boys, I'm pouring a new patio at my house. And any of you guys who come over and, 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 and uh, you know, help out, I'll take care of you. We go, okay. So I'm going like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to the coach's house. I'm, you know, I'll probably work my butt off. You know, what, what's he going to do? Give me 10 bucks? So <laughs> about the week after that, there were four guys in our class that never showed up anymore. We never saw them in gym class anymore. And I ran into one of the halls. I go, how come you're not in gym class anymore? And he says, remember when coach said if you came over to his house and helped him pour his patio, he'd take care of you? I go, yeah. He says, you don't have to come to class anymore. You get an A for the rest of the year. <laughs> So they all, and he says it was great. He says he bought us food. We had pizza. We had hamburgers. You know, his wife. You know, his wife cooked up, turned up the grill, and she made his stuff. And we had all sorts of stuff. It was great. I go, did you help? Oh yeah, we were out there with the tr- concrete truck, and we're you know helping smooth the concrete out. You know, the whole bit. I'm going like, man, I wish you would have done that. <laughs> now once again, that happened today. He's gone. You know, what I mean, he's fired instantly. You know what I'm saying? Things aren't just the same anymore. They're not the same. <laughs> I mean, and I do know exactly what you're saying. Coach Oliva. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get by that right. with that what, nowadays. But can you imagine? Can you see? First off, okay, here's what would happen today. First off, the the unions would come come down. Hey, those kids are non-union. You can't have those kids pouring concrete. You know, then they'd get nailed by a building inspector because they didn't. You know, then OSHA would show up and they didn't have like their their you know proper helmets and gloves and knee pads and things like that. Then the city would come by and go, "Did you get a permit for that?" You know, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? And he'd be in jail because a he had you know other you know. I mean, at that point in time, I was still 17. You know, so I was still considered a minor. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I could have, you know, it was just so weird. Okay. I've have t- you really been 17 before? Because I swear that you, um, never mind, I, I lost my thought. Go on. I was 17. Matter of fact, I was 17 for about 365 days. <laughs> I, Because I always, you know, the picture you, like, Coming out of the womb with a little DJ, little DJ no. okay. ears with okay. a little boom microphone. Okay, I've <laughs> I've done this. I mean, people talk about you know body image and stuff like that. As a kid, like pre junior high, like grade school, I was a fat dumpy kid. Okay, myself as well, and okay. my father reminded me every day. Then, in my junior high years, or what we now call middle school, I started to grow upward. And I started being very active. I played a lot of sports and stuff like that. You know, I was a very active kind of guy. And then I became a tall guy, a tall, skinny guy. I told you when I graduated from high school, I weighed 162. I was six foot two, 162. Okay. Two years later on college, I weighed 310. So don't talk to me about weight issues. I've had it my entire life. I go up and down. 
Okay, and that's why to the point where. And how did I go from three ten down to one ninety five when I got married? I Let me ate, see. Portion I, control. I ate nothing but fast food. I did it for like a whole yeah. year. I ate so nothing. You've been pretty much doing that your entire life. Well, but once again, I mean, all these crazy weird diets. You know, that I mean, wouldn't have been cool if you ha- if we had video back. Th- well, we did have video because you made one, but it was sixteen millimeter video. It was eight like, millimeter, super eight. No, what now? Again? Yes. Yes. Right. Well, but see, once again, like you did for the food. Kids menu I, since, challenge. Since you've known it, I've done it twice. I lost yes. what? I lost forty pounds eating nothing but fast food. That's all I ate for like two yes. months. All I ate fast food every single day. You know, I have to tell you a story. I used to go to the Dairy Queen in Washmo, and I'd do you know I'd do the thing where I'd walk and I'd I'd video set, tape myself walking to the Dairy Queen, and then I'd videotape myself sitting at the the table eating my whatever I got my you know my kids meal whatever it was, and then I'd take videotape. So one day I walk in there and the lady says, "Can I ask you a question?" I go, yeah. She goes, we see you come in here and you, we see you videotape yourself and you see your video yourself when you're sitting down eating. We see you leaving and you're videoing yourself. What are you doing? I go, I'm on a diet. And she goes, you're on a diet? I go, yeah, I'm on a fast food diet. That's all I eat. I eat fast food. And she looks one of the other ladies. She goes, BS, but she doesn't say BS. <laughs> It was funny. I go, no, I was this. It was for real. Okay, now. Did you give her your web address? I did, and she didn't believe me. I said, here's my All web she address. All she has to do is use her phone. Yeah, well, she, you know, once again, you know, you can lead a horse to water. Okay, I'm going to make a phone call here, and I don't know if it may be too early for my son. I want to have him confirm something that happened many years ago on this very night, on, on Thanksgiving Eve. And, and once again, if if he answers the phone, I'll I'll have him tell part of the story. If he doesn't answer the phone, it involves, and I'm promoting a charity. It involves Guns and Hoses, which is going on tonight. Okay, which is a great charity for the backstoppers. Okay, let's see if he's going to answer the phone. This is my son Brett down in Pensacola, Florida. It's a little early. He met Hello. Hey, you're on the air, so don't cuss. Okay. Uh. Okay, is that okay with you? Yeah, I can. Look. Okay, you're a little bit. Or say something. You're a little bit broken up there. Try it one more time. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, I want to recount a story, and I want to make sure that you can confirm that this actually happened. Okay, you ready? Yeah. What you got? Okay, many years ago, on a night like tonight, on Thanksgiving Eve, I took you down to at the time I don't know what was the Keel Auditorium, whatever it was. To watch the guns and hoses. Remember that night? Yeah, the uh, fire and police boxing matches. Right. Okay. And remember what happened on Metrolink? Um, I don't remember what happened on Metrolink. But you don't want to happen. Uh, okay. When uh, somebody got on there a little uppity, and pretty much everybody checked their checked their. <laughs> yes. <hands. laughs> okay. <laughs> you do remember, don't you? What yeah, you the entire train checked their hip real quick. <laughs> right. Okay. So. This is my son, Brett. And what were you? Probably like, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that? Yeah, probably. Okay. So we're going down to to Guns and Hoses. And, and we got on the Metrolink station because it used to be my favorite little stop because nobody knew about it. It was called Umsel South. I don't know if it's still there anymore. But most people go up to Hanley. So, you know, Brett and I are there at, at Umsel South. So we get on the train. We get on the train and it's full. All the seats are taken, so you and I are standing up like near where the where the like the operator sits, right? Remember that? 
the, yep, standing up, hanging on right by the front right. of the cab. So we're standing up, and I look at the people in the train, and I whisper to you, I go, hey, Brett, everybody on here is a cop, right? Remember this? Yeah. And, and sure enough, you could look around and go like, okay, these are all cops. They're all gone, going down to, 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 to guns and hoses, right? So we, we had a couple stops down. I think it might have been Wellston. Four of these, shall we call them, would gangbangers be a good ex- explanation of these four guys that literally run onto the car? The, the train stops, the doors open. These guys run into yelling and screaming. Am I kidding, right? Remember that? No, yeah, they came on there and I... In a hurry. Yeah. And, uh, so they were definitely immediately in the train. The train, everybody in the train, it becomes absolute positive quiet. The only sound is the train going down the track because, and, and when these guys got on the, you know, these four guys, these four dudes got on the train, they immediately thought, oh my God, what kind of a crowd is this in the thing? So I, so, so what's, what's happening is, if you imagine this, I'm standing with my son, you, Brett. These guys are behind us, and the police are on the other side of us. And they all start checking their guns. Am I kidding? No, they all lifted up their jackets and uh, <laughs> yes. made, sure, made sure they remember it was at their 3 o'clock. And- <laughs> right. And I said to you, I said, Brett, if the shooting starts, hit the deck, because we're between the cops and these gangbangers. So... These gangbangers are like standing there like church boys. They're like doing nothing. You know, they're just sort of standing there. And there's a couple of the guys literally had their hands in their jackets. Am I making that up? No. no. It was, uh, they, I don't know if it was what it was, but they were definitely felt like it was time to go. Or about time to <laughs> right. Go. They're getting ready for a gunfight, you know, and we're in between them. And I'm going like, oh, my God. So we go a couple stops. Nobody says a word. The, cl- the, 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 co- the car is absolutely positively quiet. Nobody's talking. Nobody says anything. The cops are all just sitting there looking at, the, you know, at these guys behind us. We're in the middle, and they go a couple. And these guys are like, they're like looking around like real nervous. So we get a couple stops down, and these four guys run off the train. The doors close, and all of a sudden, the entire car starts breaking up. Rawr, 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 rawr. And these guys are going like, "I'm going like, oh my god, <laughs> remember that? I'm, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't make that up, did I? No, no, I, I definitely remember that happening. <laughs> so and it was, it was odd because I'm well, obviously I'm young, so I really have no idea what's going on here. What? See, and then what happened was you, as a young guy, because the place was filled with cops and and and, and firefighters. And I remember you were like, a lot of these guys have their jackets off, and you're looking, all these guys are packing. You know, these guys, a couple guys got shoulder holsters on. Most of the guys have like a, you know, an outside waistband holster on their belt. And we remember we went in that one place, and there was a place where you could shoot baskets, and the guys were in there shooting their baskets. You know, some of them have, you know, a couple guns on. You know, a guy had like gun on each side. And you're like, oh, my God, look at all these guys with guns. I go, they're all cops. Yeah, because when you're uh – yeah, you're in a spot that you're not supposed to have guns, and everybody in there has a gun. It was kind of odd as a kid. Yeah, I mean, you weren't used to that. So anyway, you do remember that. See, so so good memory. And by the way, um, are you going to buy that bike you sent me a picture of? No, I can't. I don't even know if I could ride it. I can't justify buying a, uh, a 100% stock, clean version of my race bike when I was a kid. Yeah, and, but that that would that is that was he. My son sent me this picture of this bike. I bought you that. I think I paid 250 bucks for it. And you say it's it's going used for 400. 
there's that one's 400 there's the uh the next model up which was the brian foster which is the next year of it on ebay for 9.99 and that probably only cost 300 new <laughs> yeah that was uh, yeah 300 bucks there's yeah. a gt the speed series the aluminum frame one it was like the best bike of the year that year yeah there's one of those on ebay i think they went like 1900 dollars for it but it's clean but it's uh it's wild there's kind of been a little resurgence in the uh retro bmx market i'm telling you you know i i still have your old bike i still have my old cruiser maybe i can fix them up and make some money huh there you go yeah okay hey i sorry to bother you uh appreciate it uh have a good what are you doing for thanksgiving tomorrow uh not much i might go uh we're gonna make some lunch and stuff and probably go hunting in the afternoon wow my my son has the ultimate girlfriend. She has her own AR-15, right? <laughs> yep. She has her own AR-15, and she, uh, well, I guess it's hers now. She claimed one of my pistols, so. I hope it's not my my Glock 42, right? No. It's one of, one of my, C, it's a CZ-75. Oh, she, my she God. Likes, yeah, she likes the metal frame, so. Wow, well that that's a that's a good girlfriend. A girlfriend likes a CZ seventy five. I'm telling you, you don't you don't find those two girls too often anymore. No, no, but I also uh, miss that gun sometimes, so I don't yeah. know what to do about it. <laughs> well, just <laughs> reclaim it. Hey, Brett, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. All uh, right, bye. Bye. My son Brett. <laughs> Is that a bizarre story or what? Isn't that cute? <laughs> I mean, really. And he was like, he's, he's such a cool dude. Well, he was that? he was so amazed because because once again, and the interesting thing was, how many times do you go to an event where everybody has a gun? You know, what I mean, it was like now. See, what's interesting about that was, I wonder if they still, I wonder if they still allow them in with their guns at guns and hoses because normally if you go to like whatever it is, Enterprise Center, you know, you go to a hockey game concert, you got to go through the metal detectors. I wonder if they let them in with guns. Isn't if they're police, don't they? They can carry their gun wherever they want to carry yeah, their gun. Yeah, but sometimes some of the venues get upset about that. I mean, you know, ask the people in San Francisco. Some of the places say, and there's even, I've even seen places around here that say no guns, no exceptions. You know, I mean, you know, matter of fact, there, what was it? Was one of the businesses was trying to make it to the point where the cops couldn't come into their store or something like I don't know. I mean, you know, why would you do that? You know, I mean. Because people are st- I don't, I don't get it. You know, I've been, I've been, my mind's weird because of the fact that I spent three formative years of my life working for a police department and it changed how I look at the world in so many different ways, in so many different ways. And talking about somebody who has respect for police officers. And once again, I can tell you the story. I worked for the department, had like 50 guys. There are 45 of those guys I would have trusted my life to. Four of them, eh, trusted my life to most of the time. One of them, I wouldn't trust the guy to take out my trash, you know, and that's life. Ooh, you go to. That was kind of tough. Well, no, no. I mean, once again, I mean, well, hey, when I got when I worked at the department, one of the guys got fired because, you know, matter of fact, <laughs> this is a terrible story to tell. Well, then don't tell it. He was going through a bad divorce. He came into work one day drunk, had a bottle of Jack in his car by driving a squad car, got liquored up, got even worse when he's driving around on patrol, hit a car, hit and run, and. And I he literally work. ran. Oh yeah, yeah. Hit a car, got in a traffic accident, backed up, left the scene of an accident, 
and I wasn't working that day. Uh, by then, I was the supervisor, believe it or not. And and anytime we had any weird stuff, the guys would call me. You know, they'd tell me you know, what happened because I had sometimes sometimes the chief would call me up and ask me, you know, what happened because we didn't have recorders and all that kind of stuff. So we had sometimes people would say, "Okay, how did you handle the call and stuff like that?" So one of the guys calls me up and says. So you're not going to believe it, but I won't say the guy's name. Blah, blah, blah. Was drunk, and he smashed into a car, and he left the scene. I go, what? And, and he said, he says, I took the call. And the lady calls. He says, She says, uh, I know this is going to be sort of strange, but I was out on blah, 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 the street, and a police officer smashed into me in a marked car and drove away. And he's going like, what? So he calls the lieutenant on the two-way, and the lieutenant knows exactly who it is. And he calls him on the two-way, says, meet me, you know, meet me post one, which was the police station. We called it post one. So we went back to the police station and literally fired him on the spot. You're fired. Gone. Done. You know, and Mary, you know, he was, he was, that was his last shift. He was gone. Didn't hang around after that one. Okay. He must have really had a lot of stuff going on in his life. It was sort of sad because he was going through a rough time. You know, I mean, but, you know, once again, but that's not an excuse. You don't show up as a cop drunk and, you know, and, you know, have a bottle of Jack in your squad car and smash into a lady and leave the scene. You don't, you just don't do that kind of stuff. Just because you're a cop doesn't mean that you don't make good decisions all the time. Yeah, look at me. (laughs) You're not a cop. (laughs) I don't make good decisions ever. (laughs) That's not true. Every decision I make is bad. Okay, we have to take a break. No, that's not true. It is is true. Dude. Matter of fact, I, we have to take a break right now. This is a bad decision because, you know, I should just go out and go eat, have breakfast right now. But instead, I'm going to be here another for a half an hour with Shelly. Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! It is 729. It is BS.show, one of my favorite all-time songs. I'm sorry. I know it's like bubblegum kind of stuff. It literally is sweet, sickening. It's timeless. It's candy, man. That's what it is. It's seven- and, and it's a song that we can still play. Uh, Yeah, and he doesn't. So far. Doesn't say anything, anything bad. Now, somebody's coming like, he shouldn't be promoting the use of candy because you, you get tooth decay and you'll become obese. Okay, whatever. Blah, right. Blah, 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 blah. right. 735. On the phone with me, I have special guest, Captain Corliss. Captain Corliss, good morning. How are you doing? At least I think I have him. There you Okay, now are you there? I'm here. Okay, I had the wrong button pushed. Stupid DJ stuff, okay? Uh, captain Corliss is a captain with the Salvation Army. And where, where, are, you, where are, you, are you at? Are you in St. Charles? Uh, I'm in O'Fallon. Oh, you took St. over. St. Charles County, but yep, over in O'Fallon. You took over from the Fergusons. I did. I took over for Paul and Mary, uh, Amy Joe. Right. And we've dealt with them for years. Wonderful people. Now, are they retired or they, where do they move to? They are up in North Dakota. So they're not retired. They're still active. They just uh, got relocated up to North Dakota. So they're making it close to back home because they're both from Canada, I believe, originally, aren't they? Uh, Paul is, yes. Yes, okay. Captain Corliss and you and your wife uh, run the O'Fallon Center now, correct? Correct. And it's right, matter of fact, I don't know if you know this, Major Ferguson used to always say, it's right down the street from Ethel's. You still use that? <laughs> I, I I have used that right off of Sandrin and Veterans Memorial. Right right down the street from Ethel's. Now, this is your time of the year. Uh, once upon a time, I think you and I met one time, but for many years I was not bragging, but I was the chairman for the St. Charles County uh, Tree of Lights campaign. And I still okay. like to promote what's going on with the Salvation Army. Officially, you've got people out ringing bells already, correct? Yep, we started about a week and a half ago. And but Friday's the big day. 
yeah, Friday, yeah, Black Friday is always our our a real kick where where we're going to see whether or not we're going to make that goal. <laughs> and and so Friday, if you didn't see, and you're at the usual places, I would imagine what Schnooks, Wally World, places like that. Yep, Walmart, Schnooks, Deerbergs, um, the usual. Now, in past, you know, people are making this transition from cash to credit cards and things like that. Do you have a system this year where if people don't have cash, they can still make donations at the kettle? Yep, they should be able to take a uh, little picture of, of the little uh, code thing, and it, it'll take them to our website that they can make a, a donation online. Now, and the money that's collected in St. Charles County stays in St. Charles County. 100% of the money that's collected in St. Charles County serves St. Charles County. Yep. Now, give people, I've been through your O'Fallon location there, give people an idea of all the things you do at your O'Fallon Center. So we do everything from disaster services where we respond to like the, the tornado last year down in Defiance, um, house fires, things of that nature. We also uh, do our um, social services where we have our food pantry, where we serve uh, about 75 families a week, uh, providing them enough meals uh, to get them and their family through during the hard times. Uh, we have our women and children's shelter um, where we, we, ha- we house women uh, and children um, who are currently uh, facing homelessness. Uh, we have our core community center in which we are uh, working right now to actually turn it into a fine arts community center where we, we focus on trying to provide the community with opportunities to be uh, to show their creative side. And it's all at your center right there. And technically, you're you're not on, you're on, what is the street address? It's like, what, one William Booth Drive or something like that? Isn't what it is? One William Booth Drive. God, I remember that, didn't I? And, and of course, <laughs> if people don't know who William Booth is, he's the one who's credited to starting the Salvation Army in, I believe, England, correct? He's the co-founder of the Salvation Army. So, yep, him and his wife, Catherine Booth, founded the Salvation Army in 1865. Now... You're a relatively young guy. Can I ask how old, or is that nosy? Uh, I'm 43. Oh, okay. I, you're, you're, you're older than I thought you were. Okay, how long have you done yeah, this? Yeah, I, I look younger. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I've met you before. How long have you done this for? Uh, so we've just been back for uh, the last three years. Before that, um, we were we were not with the Salvation Army for, for a time, but we've actually been with the Salvation Army our entire lives. We are officers uh, from 2000 five to 2009 up in chicago and then we took a break for for a time and then came back about three years ago wow and and your is your wife a captain as well too yes we're both we're both ordained wow interesting well i think what you guys do is amazing i've always had a fascination with the salvation army i and i have to tell you um and shelly will agree with me how do you always stay in good moods i've never met one of you people on a bad day how do you do that <laughs> no seriously um I, I would definitely say that it's by God's grace, but at, at the same time, we, we have our bad days and our bad moments. We just try to put on uh, a positive front and a positive face, um, knowing that we're, we're doing good work, and we, we have the privilege of, of serving the community that, uh, especially here in St. Charles County, it's a great community, we, and we really love to be able to be part of the community and serve uh, such a good community. Captain Corliss, I wish you uh, well. Hope you ring that bell real hard. Matter of fact, look at I got one here in the studio. I still have my Salvation Army bell right here in the studio. Um, and I ring it almost every morning this time of the year. I think what you guys are doing is great. Uh, have a great season, and uh, you do great work, and I appreciate all you do. 
Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Okay. Have you ever met one of those guys who's in a bad mood? No, never. You and I have talked about this. We, yes, we have. You and I were involved with the Salvation for what, like eight, nine years? Oh, it's it's been a while for sure. Right. Okay. And we and and not that you know we're making money from them. You know, I mean, you know, everything we've done has pretty much been absolutely positively free. We've done tons of advertising for them. You and I have showed up at many of their events and been involved with them. And they're always just like very positive people and sort of And it doesn't matter which person you're talking about. Right. They're all like that. Right. They're like they're like, okay, where did you people come from? You know, you're you're not complaining about anything. You're not complaining about gas prices. You're not But they're real. Yeah, I know. They're like real Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Lovely how they do it. Humans. I don't know how they do it. The Fergusons and the Keys, who we got to be, you know, very good friends with over the years. Fergusons ran the O'Fallon um, um, Center, and the Keys ran the St. Charles City Center, and both wonderful couples, wonderful people. Um, you know, couldn't ask for anything nicer. So, I will tell briefly the story. My father, who was in World War II, and once again, I'll tell the story. The Salvation Army people do not like me telling the story because of the fact that. They are being compared to someone else, and they don't like the fact that it's a certain negative aspect. My dad was in World War, World War II, and he was in the Army for 40 years total, uh, four years active duty, 36 years as a reserve. Okay, And he told me many times, he says, if you ever donate money, don't ever give money to the American Red Cross. And he would tell me the same story. I go, why is that, Dad? He says, why well, is in Europe? Or I, wherever I was you know, during the war, he says, the Salvation Army was there, and the American Red Cross was there. And he says, the Salvation Army, everything you had, everything they had was free. If you wanted their, their shirt off their back, they'd take their shirt off their back and give you the shirt. But when you wear the American Red Cross, they charge you for the donuts, they charge you for coffee. So <laughs> that was, now the interesting thing was, when I got recruited by uh, a couple people in the Salvation Army, I told that story. And the one guy looked at me and he said, you know how many times a day I hear that same story? Because... That's the way a lot of veterans of World War II felt, that the Salvation Army would do anything for them, and the American Red Cross always grubbing money. You know, and once again, I'm not trying to diss the American Red Cross. You know, I mean, it's just, this is like anecdotal to my father, but it wasn't just my father, it was lots of other veterans. And once again, uh, they're good people. I don't know how they do it. You know, they deal with a lot of adversity. Um, you know, people who don't have a home, you know, he talked about, women and children that you know come out of houses where you know the situation they're an abusive spouse that kind of stuff I yeah, don't there's how... a lot of tragedy that goes on behind closed doors i'm telling you i don't know how they do it but you know it's always been like this back even back when we were young it's just that people didn't talk about it like they do now yeah like you and i talk about it like the fact that you're always making fun of me and it hurts my feelings and sometimes i cry on this show please <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I purge. You know, I've had numerous calls from your daughter Tiffany, and she'll call me up. She'll go, "My Tiffany." Yeah, you're Tiffany. She'll call me up. She go, "Brad, I want to, I want to apologize for all the nasty things my mom said to you." I go, "Tiffany, don't worry about it. I can take." Well, I don't, I think, don't think it's right the way she says things to you. I have friends of mine that say, "Boy, mom's, your mom's terrible to that Brad guy on the radio," and but I just want you to know that I appreciate the fact that you're always kind and generous to your to my mother, and you never make fun of her. I said, okay, Tiffany, no problem. Uh-huh. 
I'm sure the conversation went down just like that. You don't believe me? It, did she ever call you out? Did she ever call me out? Yeah. About what? Making fun of me. No, why I would mean, she? I mean, like, she, that, that you've audibly heard her call you out for being snarky. She didn't call me out, but one time she took a shot at me and it missed. You know, I mean. Other than... Right. She, she fires guns like I do. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, although my son's girlfriend, I wouldn't want to ever mess with her because no. I mean she's she's got her own AR-15. She's a little bit of BA, don't you know? And she's a little tiny gal. I mean, she's. I don't think she's. You got to you got to worry about the little girls. I think they're, she's. They're wiry. I think she's like maybe five two in heels. You know what I mean? But and my that is so funny. That was the dynamic of my mom and my stepdad. And my and my son she is was five foot one, and he was like six two. My son is six four and looks like has a big old beard. Looks like you know. Looks like a mountain man. Looks like some guy that just ice road you know, trucker. Right. He looks like some guy that just came. You know. Hey, what's going on? I just I just wow. Well, Dear, you know, one of those kind of guys. And it's so weird because I was just out capturing meat for the dinner. Four kids, I have three sons and a daughter. Four kids, same mom, same dad. They couldn't be any more different than each other. They're just totally different. Oh, by the way. I think you should have your daughter on the air. <laughs> I tried. She won't talk to me. Well, give her a little heads up. Give her a little I, I don't. I, do I ever give my like? You know. You know. I should call next break. I'm making Who? all sorts. Of, I should call my other niece, Nikki Nicole, because she sent me a funny text yesterday. She did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I read it to you. It was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seven forty-six. It is BS dot show. Na 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 na. Uh, he likes the na nas. <laughs> I love that song. Smartest woman in the world. It's one of her favorite songs. She loves she loves her you know who, right? I don't know who. That's Trace Atkin. That's what I thought. Yeah. His real name is Tracy. It's interesting they gave the explanation that him and Tracy Bird came onto the country scene about the same time. So they just chopped his name and made it Trace. So it's Tracy Bird and Trace Atkins. Big tall guy. He's like six foot six. Six foot is he really? Oh yeah, he's a huge guy. Six foot six, big old ponytail, you know. And at least it's, he would never wear a man bun. Well, well, he can make that ponytail into man bun real easy. I understand that, <laughs> but he just doesn't seem like the man bun kind of type. Well, do you think he's the ponytail type? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, there used to be a guy. Used to be. I do think that he's up the ponytail type. Okay, there was a guy. That used to be on our AM station. What is now crap we're on right now at this very minute. And when we had the Patriot Enclave on the AM station, which got me in lots of trouble, that's a whole other story. Uh, there was a guy who used he to come thrived in. for that. There was a guy who used to come in, and his name was Ponytail Tim, and he was a nurse, a male nurse out at St. Luke's Hospital. And the reason they called him Ponytail Tim was he grew his hair real long into a ponytail. And I think he did it like once a year. He grew his hair. He didn't cut his hair all year long. And then once a year, he had his hair cut. And I did it for, was it Locks of Love? Was that the deal? Where they made his hair into wigs for people who lost their hair with chemo. Isn't that what it was? Yeah, locks, lots of lo- locks, locks of love. Locks of love, yes. right, right. Pony- and there's others out there. Right. Because what I want to try to do is I want to grow my hair like down to my butt. Right. And then cut it all off because you, and give it to some thing like Locks of Love. Well, what I, I don't know if you know that I'm not trying to take credit where, it's, where credits do, but I don't know if you know this about me, but people that have trouble keeping their, you know, like people that can't afford to have their home insulated, 
uh-huh. you know, and um, every six months I donate my hairpiece to uh, <laughs> like insulation. It's called the walls of love where what so, they do oh, is. Okay. That's what it's called. Do you really have they, a hairpiece? They take my hairpiece off and they stuff it in somebody's wall. I, you know, and what all the guys that when we have our hair hair pieces redone, they take all our we take all our hair pieces, our old ones, and we stuff them in the walls, and it keeps the cold out during the winter. Uh huh. It gives called... a nice the the mice a nice little place to stay. <laughs> oh, and the mice toasty, don't. Toasty warm. Don't you know about that? Mice don't like human hair. Did you know about that? Do what? Mice don't like human hair. It keeps the mice away too. Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's how you get rid of mice. You like cut your hair. That off. is not true. It's true. Don't tell me that because I'll be down there putting my hair that's falling out in clumps. Um. Hold, hold it. Do mice like? <laughs> this is a true story. Human hair. They don't. Google McGoogle. <laughs> hold on a minute. Does human hair repel mice and rats? No, mice don't like human hair at all. Even human hair scares away mice. Human hair is an effective repellent for mice. Right there. This is OutdoorAlive.com. You didn't know this? If, no. If you How ha- did you find out about it? Because you want to know the true story? Somebody told you. No. Broadcast engineers talk about this all the time. We have to keep mice out of our transmitter sites because if mice get into the transmitter sites, they eat the wires. Remember? Yes, our, they do. In our old transmitter, our old 1350 transmitter, we yep. had we had this this. It was an old tube one, and he had this big high voltage power supply. It had this big 9,000 volt. Uh, matter of fact, a PCB, you know, filled electrolytic yes. capacitor. Okay, big old monstrous yes. capacitor. It had these two big terminals Colostrum. on the top. Looked something like out of a Frankenstein movie. Okay, yeah. and mice would get into the transmitter. And there's a certain spot they would get between this capacitor and the case, and they would fry. And literally, the transmitter would go off the air. I'd go down to the transmitter site, open up the back of the transmitter, and sure enough, here is a fried mouse between the one the connection. Like smells like chicken. Oh no, no, no! But the interesting <laughs> thing was, the interesting thing was, I shouldn't tell this story <laughs> because when they got zapped, it would dry them out. Okay, but they, they became like a a crispy critter. Okay, they were there, and to the point where I would literally turn the transmitter they were, off. Obviously, they became an insulator. Well, no, no, they became a conductor because what would happen was when they when they got between the terminal on the on the they capacitor, would make it a closed circuit. They would short it out, but what would yeah. happen was it would it would pop the circuit breaker and pop the fuse. I'd replace the fuses, but I'd reach in there with a pair of pliers. And pull them out in one piece because they became like a piece of charcoal, but you could tell it was a charcoal mouse. And Ew. I used to bring them back to the studio site and I'd give them to the... Bring the, back the hantavirus? And I'd put them in the studio and on display. You did not. I did. Ew. I, I had a col- you did not. I had a whole collection of the of my of my char- well, charcoal... Well, prob- that was BS. Charcoal. So. No, it's true. I used to No, bring- I mean, it was before me. Yeah, it was before Shelly. Well, yeah, I no, got before I, when Shelly came on the scene, you had what did you? That have was my in there? that was my old transmitter. I got rid of that transmitter. No, it was at the station when I first met you. I was listening to you, and you had a or no, it was on your Facebook page before I ever met you. Um, I had, we had been Facebook friends, but I it the, was I had the beavers, I had the beavers, and I had the cats. It wasn't the cats; it was 
It wasn't a beaver either. It was I had like mice. a raccoon. Oh no, I had raccoons too. No, no, I had a. They were I had on a, your. They were on your board. They they got the possums got into a, our station. That's what yes, it was. Possums got into our station and took over the station. We had like three or four possums. They did. They got they got in through the basement and one day I went to this production studio or the AM studio and there's a possum crawling around in a microphone. I'm going, what? It's first I'm going like, what is that? And it wasn't a big one. It was like a baby possum. And there were like three or four of them. So a possum mama had gotten to our basement and gave, given birth to, uh, I don't know what you call a brood or whatever, a possum. They were in the basement. So anyway. Okay. 7.59, buddy. Okay. What are we going to do here? We have to play the last song. We have to play our last commercials. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'll just say goodbye to you. How's that? And then I'll come back with the last song and we're done. Okay. Okay. And well, we'll goodbye, Brad. We'll be here tomorrow at 6, six o'clock. No, we won't. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> no, we'll be back on Friday. Okay. Oh, we'll be back on Friday, right? Right. Okay, okay I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Everybody have a great weekend or great night um, tomorrow night and tonight. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace and I fly. 759. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.